You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies with Mickey and Megan, two best friends adventuring through motherhood, building our careers, and and not losing losing our shit. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This is Mickey. And this is Megan. Yep, this week um, we are talking about authenticity, which is a topic very near and dear to our hearts. It's what our entire community through this podcast is about, is being authentic to yourself. And um, yeah, I'm pretty excited to talk about that with you guys. But um, we'll go ahead and start off with our highs and lows. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I can. Um, Okay, so my high is I got a new pots and pans set. (laughs) Real adulting over here. Um, it's in the same color as my Keurig. It's ceramic, nonstick. They are the easiest pans I've ever had to cook in. They are the easiest pans I've ever had to clean. They're beautiful, amazing, and I feel like a real grown-up. And now I'm slowly like making everything in my kitchen match. And it's just such a good feeling. So yeah. definitely super excited about that. My low is so embarrassing. I can't even believe I'm going to share it with you guys. But in... The light of staying authentic. Here we go. (laughs) So I am very like freckly and moly. I have lots of, you know, marks all over me. And I have these two moles on my face, one of which I'm extremely self-conscious about and have been my whole life. And for a large part of my life, for some reason, this mole grows hair out of it. (laughs) And... That's typical of a lot of moles, I feel like. Yeah, but it's like right here on my chin, right? Like a witch. And so I didn't really know, like for a long time, like really that it had hair or like how to care for it. Finally, like in the last, you know, handful of years, I've I've got my shit together with this mole hair, okay? (laughs) So (laughs) we're in quarantine and all the self-care is kind of, you know, falling to the back burner a little bit. And so Nora has been like really, really into different features on people's faces, specifically my husband's beard. And she loves it. And she loves to play with his beard and dad a beard. And so the other day, you guys can see where this is going. I was holding her and she was like examining my face as she does. And she like discovered that she likes to like, play with the hair that was on my mole which was really strange and then she said mama beard cute cute (laughs) (laughs) so no sweetie mama doesn't have a beard (laughs) oh my god that's just my mole hair and I'm done I'm dead (laughs) oh my god you know, that is oh that is good you better write that down somewhere oh yeah so you can share with her when she's older yeah like they're so mean like so blunt about stuff oh yeah just call me out on my beard uh-huh. oh yeah my yeah my kids like yeah if anything is out of place or whatever like oh Look at that thing. I'm like, gee, thank you for pointing that out. Now I can be self-conscious about it. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, so, yep. Can't believe I just shared that with you guys, but (laughs) 
It is. It's the facts of life, people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, that was good. Okay. Um, (laughs) Well, let's see. My high. I'm going to claim this for both of us because we didn't talk about it. We hit a thousand listens. Woo! Like, it's been like a week or so since we hit that. But that's a really big milestone for us. And I'm super proud and excited. And, yeah, we've been doing this for like over a year. Like, almost a year and a half. Almost two years. Yeah, November will be two years. Yeah, crazy. And um, this year, I hope you guys have noticed, we've just really kicked it into high gear. We're staying consistent which has been it's been amazing for both of us I think I it's like the only consistent thing in my life I have an appointment every Monday night to record with my best friend and it is awesome and so I'm glad to see that people are enjoying the show and listening and yeah just it makes me feel good that hopefully we're like making a difference or at least providing entertainment to people mm-hmm. yeah so pretty cool um let's see my low <sighs> we're gonna remember covid <laughs> like, yeah. thing that's been going on for months so back to that but this is kind of a i don't know just a really weird thing that hit me um so they're trying to decide what to do about school in the fall and i will have both of my kids in school in the fall which i have been excited about from the day they popped out of me <laughs> and now they are both so close to being in school all the time and this is happening. So um, they're discussing the different options that there are. There's like, I think they said there's like seven different options they're considering. One is staying how we are now, which is not an option. Seven is going back to the way things were, which is not an option either right away. So they sent home... Um, like a survey to kind of get an idea of who even plans on sending their kids back, what we're okay with. But I read somewhere that um, like just one of some of the options that they're considering would be um, like all the staff having to wear masks. I think the kids having to wear masks. Um, Mm -hmm. I've heard of like plastic dividers between desks, like social distancing within the classroom. Um, those things, I just, uh, I understand if they are necessary. However, I would not send my kid back to school with that. Like no. that, I just, like, do you, have you seen E.T.? Yeah, yeah. a lot. I just, yeah, when I was like a baby or whatever, a kid, I just remember that like they take him out of the house in that like big plastic tube and everyone's in hazmat suits. That shit is scary when you're a kid. And I'm like, I feel like that would be really traumatic for kids to go back and have to be in that environment. Mm-hmm. Personal, yeah, personally. And I'm very, like, open-minded. Like, take them. Please, take them. I don't care. I'm not. I never wanted to homeschool. Like, I just, it wasn't my thing. But I, know I had to, in my survey, I was like, no way would I send my kids back under those circumstances i am totally fine waiting until it's safe and i understand that those would be necessary i just i'm not going to send them back yet if that's what's going on like that yeah it's like robbing them of their like childhood and like nurturing like that's like a prison like yeah that's not that nurturing like positive schooling environment yeah so hopefully i mean i'm i have 
my personal mantra has just been taking this whole thing day by day. I'm lucky to be comfortable where I am in my house and I'm not in a, like, I don't have anything I need to rush for. Um, mm-hmm. And so who knows where we'll be by September. Um, hopefully, you know, hopefully things can start to go back more than that. They've also talked about doing like a AB schedule so that there's like half as many kids in the school at one time and not having lunch at school, just cut down on all the kids in one room in the cafeteria, that kind of thing, which that I would be okay with. I think just the whole masks and mm-hmm. dividers, like that's creepy. If you want to put hand sanitizer out and have less kids at one time and do half days or whatever, that's fine. Like that, I understand that and that I think would be fine. They think it's cool, but but yeah, I just like imagine being a little kid and coming to school and like masks in general. I mean, now everyone's making their own. And so my kids have masks yeah. that they wear around the house for fun. And I have to be like, no, you can't sleep in your mask. <laughs> no, you need to breathe at night. Um, no, but yeah, I, I don't know. Super weird. So that's my low. And I'm just kind of trying to not stress out about it. But it like just kind of makes me feel sick to my stomach thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, it's just crazy that we're even still thinking about this like in the fall, you know? And it's just Yeah. It's really we're not even through it right now. And they're, you know, talking about reopening like Thurston County's in phase two. Um and I mean just just the other day we had like twelve new cases, which is more cases than we've had in weeks. And wow. so it's just kind of, it's just scary to think like they're talking about this could come back in the fall, but it, it might not even be gone before fall. And it's, yeah, it's just like, is it ever going to end? <laughs> yeah. It's June. I know. It is June. Like, I can't believe it. We've been home since March, April, May, June. That's like going on three months. Yeah. And that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Crazy. I can't, I can't believe it. Yeah. I think just, I mean, between COVID and, you know, everything else that's happening, it's just terrifying and scary. And we just, as society, like we just need a win and we need, we need some happy stuff to start happening because it's just getting to be a little all too much. Yeah. I will say there are a lot of 2020 memes out there mm-hmm. that are like, someone's like, oh, we found this cave with these things, like, I don't know, bugs or something that have been untouched for centuries. And someone's like, this is not the year, man. Close it up and walk away. <laughs> like, we do not need anymore. And yeah, just when you're like, well, what else could happen? Just like, remember 2019? Like, we thought, oh, 2020 is going to be the year. Like, everything's gonna be better and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse hey our podcast is better so (laughs) yeah so (laughs) we stuck to that (laughs) we're the sunshine in your life right now you're welcome (laughs) yeah at least we have each other yep and we're keeping it real which is you know all we can do so i hope you guys are enjoying being with us on the highs and lows and like rambles and just like I don't know. We're just all out here doing the best we can. <laughs> yep. So staying authentic. Speaking, yep. <laughs> yeah. speaking of keeping it real and authentic, um, we have an awesome guest for you guys tonight. Um, she is a badass mama, 
She is a cosmetologist. She is a performer, an internationally published model, and she, her and I used to play roller derby together. <laughs> That's like my, going to be my claim to fame is knowing her. <laughs> um, her name is Valentine and she's joining us on the show. Hey, Valentine, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on here. Um, huge, well, I know you from Derby, so huge Derby crush right here. <laughs> you also do my hair, and you're a hair wizard. So I've been really excited to get you on here and talk to you all about your life. So I really appreciate you agreeing to it. Of course. So this episode, we are going to talk about authenticity, um, how we use it in our businesses, building our brands. Um, with our Boss Ladies and Babies group, we are all about <laughs> staying authentic. We tell everything. Like We are just a non-filter place, a safe place, because we all know no one's perfect. We like to just um, just keep it real. So it's nice to see how that transfers over into businesses. Absolutely. So before we get into it, um, why don't you go ahead and just tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Ooh, um, so my name is Valentine, and I also go by Horchata. Uh, I use that um, under, it's my business moniker, under a few of my other entrepreneurial ships. Um, yeah, I am a cosmetologist, uh, an alternative model. I'm a live entertainer, and... Um, yeah, I have another small business where I make accessories. So I, I do a little bit of everything, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Very busy. So um, while we get into the horchata, how did you how did you get that name? Oh, man. Um, let's see. Well, for me, uh, horchatas, it's definitely a play on... <sighs> Originally, it started for Derby. You know, Derby is always big in their pun names and whatnot. But mm. I wanted something that I felt like I could identify with. So it's definitely a nod to my Mexican heritage. Uh, horchata is also a very delicious drink. I recommend <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but I spell it with a W. So when I'm talking to people, I'm like, it's horchata with a W. People are like, oh. Oh. <laughs> And when I think of when I think of horchata, if horchata were a were a person and like a character, I kind of think of like a almost like a brazen hussy of like a '60s exploitation film or something. That's just the way that I think of her. So yeah, yeah it's kind of the my my alter ego. <laughs> That's awesome. And so with your alter ego. It wants it brings up how you got started in performing burlesque and in modeling as well. Yes. Um, gosh, I this goes back a long way. Um, I've been doing hair now for I've been doing hair and makeup for will be my eleventh year, I believe, this next summer. So yeah, ten years in. Um, I was always behind the scenes type person. So uh, I did a lot of hair and makeup for um, photo shoots for different photographers for models who were like on site, you know, needed something done for whatever their project was. Uh, small local designers um, 
where I lived at the time for their like fashion shows and stuff. And eventually I ended up in, in front of the camera at some point. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm a little photo. I clean up all right, you know? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She's gorgeous. So you guys are going to have to go on our Instagram and look at pictures of her because yeah, I would put you in front of a camera too. So I know it's like, how'd so you smart. get into modeling? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see, you're perfect. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm not. And that's I love that this episode is authenticity because it's like I'm not perfect. I'm messy. I'm brash. Um, I'm clumsy. Uh, I think my left side is definitely better than my right side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one boob's bigger than the other. Right. <laughs> I was gonna say that, but I yep. love it. So, but yeah, um, I got started with that and, uh, that definitely translates obviously into, uh, my cosmetology work and with my salon and whatnot. So, uh, it's, it's a nice little hobby. And then it kind of just took off from there. Um, burlesque seems to go hand in hand. Um, a lot of the models I knew happened to be like pinup models, um, or they did do roller derby and they also did burlesque as well. Um, so you just, I kind of fell into that, um, you know, over yeah. time. That's great. That's so brave to get on stage and do that work. Do you get nervous still or? Oh my gosh. I, yeah, the best way to describe any sort of live entertainment work is it's terrifying a hundred percent of the time, every time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gosh, for sure. Uh, But I like, um, it's fun. It's very satisfying, uh, reading your audience and, you know, just doing things that get a rise out of people and it kind of, it's just nice you make that connection with your audience and share a moment with them so yeah and you you started your shop kind of from I'm guessing from your kind of burlesque because you sell pasties and stuff on there right so how did you start your shop I do so my shop has been like the bane of my existence I've actually had my shop a very long time my shop used to be called in another lifetime drunk by noon um, <laughs> okay, I'm on board. I was more surprised that the state of Washington allowed me to register that as a trade name. <laughs> um, I mostly just wanted to do it to see if I could. <laughs> I'm a bunch yeah. of that, so yeah. Um, dissolved that name. Uh, now I go by Vanity House, which is also my trade name that I—that's my salon. Uh, but yeah, I have always kind of just tinkered, crafted, made hair accessories, things to kind of go along with what my modeling was back uh, mm-hmm. when I first started, um, jewelry, things like that. And then since burlesque, I've been coming out with more things like performance pasties. Uh, it's mm-hmm. nice to color coordinate or, mm-hmm. you know, design work that, you know, suits well with your costumes is always fun. So I offer a range of showgirl accessories <laughs> I love it that's such a a unique niche I bet <laughs> like that's cool do you have um where is your shop I mean do you have is it like Etsy do you have a website where can people find you if they want to check it out yeah um I no longer have a storefront but I do have an Etsy now everything's online uh you can find it at etsy.com slash I believe it's like shops uh just look in Etsy under Vanity House Shop and I am right there. Nice. So what's your favorite part of being a business owner? Oh man. Um, definitely 
the flexibility. I mean, when you're somebody who's probably as hyper creative as I am, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just you have to have you have to have time and mm-hmm. have to be able to have those good time management skills in balancing the rest of your life, like between um, motherhood. I have an almost twelve year old next month. Uh, yeah. That. Um, working my day job. I do that a couple of days a week and then split it between making stuff for my Etsy store, um, my light gigs. It's, it, yeah, it's the time. Um, when I was an employee, uh, back in the day that it was just kind of always my dream. I knew that I was always going to at some point be self-employed. So, yeah. Do you ever feel, you know, since we're talking about authenticity and staying authentic in your business, I mean, it seems like all of the things you do kind of mesh together pretty well, but do you ever feel a pressure that, you know, oh, well, I need to be doing it differently. I need to be doing each of these things like everyone else, or how do you, you know, deal with that? used to keep them separate, and I did that for a very long time. Um, I I think that's mainly because I I must have been coached somewhere down the line that that's what we're supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. that's really hard for me because I've always been just kind of a quirky person who's been outside the box. And at some point I just decided, you know what, I'm not going to censor myself anymore to, for instance, my clientele, um, the people who've been with me for a very long time. Um, you know, I can actually talk to them about like a burlesque show that I just did last weekend or, you know, things like that. And, you know, tell them about more intimate parts of my life while still being professional. Mm-hmm. Because it's still, it's still valid work. It's still um, part of my identity. And I, yeah, I don't have to fake it. And I don't think anyone should ever fake it. And I never will. So usually, and Mickey knows, um, if you come to my salon, uh, yeah, what you see is what you get. I feel like I <laughs> work and you, you get a you get service in a show <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's why I thought you would be great for this episode because you can just see so much of your personality through everything you do and it's not like anything you'll just find you know down at the regular mall or whatever like you are your own person and that shines through everything you do so I really admire that about you thank you yeah it's definitely something you know, that I think a lot of us business women probably struggle with. Um, you know, for me, I'm a real estate agent. And so you have this idea of what a real estate agent is supposed to look like, right? Like pantsuits and super professional and, you know, just straight to business and straight to the point. But, you know, I kept finding myself being, this isn't me. I mean, yes, I, I can be professional and I want to be professional, but there's this whole other part of me that I want to show to my clients and show to the world. Um, and so, you know, boss, enter boss ladies and babies and kind of meshing that with my real estate business and just kind of keeping it real and showing your clients your whole life. Because if somebody's going to do business with you, they want to trust you and know you and they don't want to feel like you're just this fake robot who's doing what you're supposed to be doing just because of your job title. Oh, so exactly. it's, it's definitely something that can be such a struggle. Oh, definitely. Well, even with real estate, like, you know, a lot of my clients, um, I have quite a few who are in real estate and it's like, they don't want to be the stuffy stereotypical, you know, idea of what they think a, an agent is going to be like, yeah. you're they're 
getting a piece of property that's usually a huge, you know, accomplishment and just time in their life. And it's stressful because you want to trust the person and Mm -hmm. like, you know, that person, just like I've grown with a lot of my clients. I remember seeing some through high school and now they're getting married and having kids. It's crazy. So (laughs) yeah, they're not just clients, you know, most businesses, I feel like the people you work closely with aren't just your clients. You get to know them, you go on this life journey with them. So why should you hold back your life journey from them to go on it with you? Mm -hmm. So what are um, some of the struggles you face running multiple businesses? Oh, um, let's see. Some of the struggles for me, I would say as structured as I am as a person, like if I don't have an agenda mapped out, um, I get off track a lot, which is weird because it's like, I'm just, uh, I'm like a machine. (laughs) I don't know why I'm like this. Don't ask me. But um, yeah, I just, time management, it's like, I'm really good at it. But at the same time, on the flip side, I'm also really bad at it because I am spread out pretty thin. Um, I have to definitely balance a lot of plates uh, at one time, trying to, you know, make sure that each thing has just enough attention so it doesn't crumble. Um, When it comes to uh, my hair business, it's like even like social media, like, holy cow, I mean, basically producing content to make sure that people don't get bored. Like, you know, I have to make sure I have a hair photo, like before and after, you know, things lined Mm -hmm. up. Same thing with like my personal, like my entertainer page, um, making sure that I have something however often I post, uh, it feels like there's a lot of pressure. And if there's any struggle at all, I think it might be the mental aspect of that, of feeling like you have to keep up to stay relevant when Mm -hmm. the reality is that, we're human. Um, we, we need to give ourselves a break sometimes. And I'm such a workhorse that I often fail to remind myself that. So. Yeah, that is a struggle. (laughs) I'm like, I relate to that so much. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, so I, I feel like burlesque in Bellingham because I come from I mean, I'm not from here, but I have such a narrow worldview. Burlesque has blown up here. I I remember the Roller Betties um, put on, they do their yearly burlesque show. That's how I first even, like, heard of burlesque and have seen those. And then now there's, um, like, troops and you're doing a lot of shows. What's something um, about burlesque that is kind of not really common knowledge? Ooh, um... Oh, gosh. Well, I just want to say first and foremost, if you've seen the movie Burlesque with Extina, <laughs> I did not burlesque. <laughs> and like, right. <laughs> at least know for you, Mickey, like you've seen burlesque shows, like mm-hmm. that is obviously a burlesque show. Um, it's not accurately represented. Uh, a lot of things that people don't know about burlesque is that like some people refer to it as sex work adjacent Um, You know, we take off our costumes in a calculated storytelling striptease kind of way. But historically, the burlesque legends of the past were some of the first strippers. And I've been really fortunate enough to be able to meet a few of those legends and hear their stories and kind of understand like where they were coming from. It's such a bigger movement. Like 
for it to be blowing up in Bellingham and like a smaller town um, is amazing to me. And I think respecting history and the past is so big because it's a form, it's a newer form of entertainment, I would say for the locals around here. And I'm so happy that it's accepted because it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's fun. Uh, it's exciting and it definitely makes a great date night. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but it's so much more than that. There's so much history and things that have shaped um, for not only just, you know, women, but even men, you know, that do burlesque and non-binary people and black people of color and people of color and other minorities like LGBTQ. It's a huge community uh, melting pot. So yeah, a lot of people don't realize the scope of it. (laughs) Yeah. I think my, one of my favorite things about it is, yeah, anyone could go up there and like you, I know with societies like beauty standards and you think, oh, like who, no one's going to take their clothes off, but these like stick thin models or whatever. There are so, there's so much body positivity up there. I've been in a couple of shows as like a background person because I am not that confident enough yet in my life. <laughs> but um, but you just feel amazing and everyone looks amazing and they're just like radiating this confidence and it's such a nurturing environment and everyone is so supportive. Mm-hmm. It yeah, it's amazing. If if you listeners have not been to a burlesque show in your life, check it out because it's awesome and the creativity is just. It's it's incredible. The things that people can turn into a routine are insane. It's so cool. Oh, I yeah. Know. I've been to a few of the um, the burlesque show that the Roller Betty's put on, and I think I've actually seen you perform once or twice. And oh, cool. it's awesome. It's just the like Mickey's saying the creativity. It's so fun, and just like the crowd, nobody's there to judge these people on stage. And what a refreshing feeling that you know nobody's like oh, look at her. Like, it's like, yes, go her. Like, that's awesome. Get up there, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's so fun. So I definitely second that. Check out a burlesque show if you have not had the chance. Yay. Wow. Um, so where do you get your inspiration for new products? Oh, you guys are going to laugh. Um, I am ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> life anywhere from anything um it was just my birthday yesterday and if it says anything about me even just I I love throwing forays of any kind Mm -hmm. and even just my birthday party um that I would have tentatively had this year um (laughs) uh, was I think we were calling it DeVito's Big Adventure and it was going to be a Danny DeVito and Pee Wee's Playhouse themed birthday. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> you can make anything, um, <laughs> anything art if you can dream it. Yeah, um, here's my product. So, uh, yeah, I just I draw inspiration from yeah other artists in terms of like just colors and texture and music and things that just make me feel good. Um, feel good things that make me laugh uh I'm just a goof I'm a goofy person (laughs) what are your best-selling and most popular products Ooh, um I recently came out with a product um that is part of I sell it in my store but it is part of like my show my personal showgirl merch um 
I was working with a gal who does laser cutting and together we designed a retro motel room key tag keychain. Yes. It's just funny. Like I love old Americana and things like that. And uh, yeah, so my, my key tag, I have them in pink and I actually have them coming out this week also in black. Um, yeah, they say motel horchata on it. And awesome. my derby number was 69, <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> but it has room number 69 on it and has my website on it. And I love that it says Bellingham, Washington because I'm really proud of where I live right now. And it's just a fun little, it's like a mud flap girl on it uh, that's posing. So it's cute. Cute. Oh, yeah, that sounds really cute. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Okay. Well, um, I did a little research and I found some like ways to be authentic in business. And I thought we could kind of just go through them and give our own personal feedback and whether it's something that we implement in our businesses or not and kind of go from there. So um, number one was know thyself. So understand and claim who you are, live in your personal and business values, and know why you're doing what you do. It must be about more than just money, power, or position. True fulfillment comes from bringing your authentic self into your work. 100%. (laughs) I think all of us can agree with that, and we all definitely live by that from from what everyone can see. Uh, number two is love what you do so like finding you know the joy passion and pleasure each and every day while you're working I think people can definitely see if you're if you enjoy doing what you do and feed off of that and if you're not happy I think it's probably gonna reflect a lot in your business absolutely yeah and if you're taking a stance like I want to be authentic in who I am in personal life and business I mean if you're not happy what you're doing, how can you be authentic? Because you're just not you when you're unhappy. Right. Yeah. Um, number three is be of service. So what service are you providing? What problem are you solving? Um, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, like I have a store. I sell products. My service is providing people with embroidered goods. Um, our podcast and online um communities were offering support and information and all that so I think um that's definitely something that we're kind of (laughs) nailing that's good (laughs) yeah yeah and I mean you know just like your day job does if if your day job isn't the only part of you that you feel can bring service to people or value start a hobby I mean this boss ladies and baby space Mickey and I don't this isn't a job that we get paid for this is a passion project and we're giving service that we want to and problem solving in a way that we want to to fulfill our souls and it's it's a really big part of who we each are as a person and it sounds like with you horchata all of your different things that you do that provide service or entertainment are filling different parts of your soul and really completing that authenticity absolutely that's 100 percent correct Um, let's see. Number four is maintaining life balance. So creating a life you want, not just a business you pursue, um, which kind of goes, you know, back into loving what you do. I mean, you have to be able to balance it all and 
take a break from the grind and take care of yourself to make sure that you're, you know, giving your whole self to what, to what you're doing. Yep. Um, let's see. Number five, set boundaries for yourself and others. So don't sacrifice yourself for your work. You need to take care of yourself in order to best serve others. That's the hardest one. I yeah. think setting boundaries. <laughs> it took me a long time to do that, but once I did, and I'm I'm getting better. I'm not perfect. Um, I still have a hard time saying no sometimes. Um, it just it's a huge huge weight off one's shoulders once you finally start. You know, kind of living the life that you know that you ultimately want to have um, by allowing yourself those boundaries and just kind of pumping the brakes when you need to. Mm-hmm. Highly. Yeah, let's see. Um, Number six, build your army of advocates. So get help. You're not meant to do it alone. Even solopreneurs and creative people such as artists and writers need to build a support team of collaborators, mentors, advocates, and connectors. So be the expert in areas you excel and seek support for your struggles. One of the best pieces of advice that I've had in a business setting is if you don't feel very strong in something in your business, hire somebody out or ask for help to do those tasks so you can really focus on what you're the best at. Um, And so I think that's really important to just, you don't have to do it alone and you shouldn't. It's impossible. (laughs) Right. And I think to piggyback off that too, um, some business advice that I was given years ago, um, you know, if you're not, if you don't have the strengths in a certain area for yeah, definitely outsource. It's okay to do that because one of the worst things that someone can do is to spread themselves out too thin. Um, My best example is going to be like social media. If you're really good at marketing your business in Facebook, but you're not so good on Instagram or Twitter and you have all of the platforms, don't let the other ones, you know, fall to the wayside. Um, It kind of, it's, it's not as strong of a look. Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you do that. So pick, pick one thing that you do really well and do it really well. Yeah. Otherwise get help. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Um, let's see. So number seven, convey your personal brand. So just believing in the product that you have and the success that only you can provide, create a brand that clearly communicates your offerings, core values and personal style. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot in this space. Yep. And then um, let's see, number eight, keep going and growing. So learn new skills, expand your knowledge base and beware of becoming stagnant. Have the courage to keep moving your business forward. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. I feel like sometimes because you get so comfortable in what you're doing that you like, I mean, I do even with parenting, there's like new ideas. I remember when my kids were little, I'm like, you'd go to their like wealth check visits and they give you like this worksheet of like, can they do this? Can they do that? I'm like, I'm supposed to be letting my kid like do these things right now. I haven't even thought of that. I don't know if they can do it. Are they behind? Like just pushing yourself. That's kind of a weird example, but that just, oh yeah, I haven't had to take a lot of classes lately, but um, even with embroidery, I mean, I'm constantly learn- learning new things about my machine that I've had for like six years. There's still parts of that I've never explored to learn what it does. You just keep pushing yourself and growing and um, 
yeah, who knows what you can accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at the, at the end of the day, just staying true to remember why you got into your business. Remember that passion you felt when you first started it and just staying true to who you are and, you know, have a strong mission statement and keep going back to that and, you know, editing it if you have to and just evolve as you do and just think about what you're doing here and why you're different and just stick true to that. I mean, it's so important. Yeah, I agree. I think that especially when it comes to, you know, even from like an artistic standpoint, um, having imposter syndrome and having to deal with that at the end of the day, um, you know, regardless of what it is that you're what your business is, is just feeling, you know, feeling like you're valid and feeling like you're, you're good enough to be out there to do whatever business it is that you're conducting. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, really checking yourself at the end of the day that, you know, it's, you're just as capable of running an effective, efficient business than anybody else and not being so hard on yourself and, you have to come back to that mission statement for sure. Um, just remember why you're doing it because as long as you're having fun and doing something that you love, it'll show. Well said. Yep. So I guess that about wraps up our segment about authenticity, unless you guys have anything else to add, any other thoughts? (sighs) Be honest, be real, say it how it is. Even if it's hard, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, so now we like to have a little segment we call our hot mess moment. Oh, boy. Where <laughs> <laughs> we have shared all kinds of crazy stuff on here, so don't be scared. <laughs> but do you have a hot mess moment that you'd like to share? Oh, God. Hot mess moment. Um. Well, God, after I was just mentioning a little bit earlier about my my first um, business trade name, uh, I was thinking about that. I'll elaborate just a little bit more. The reason why we were called, it was me and a girlfriend of mine, we started Drunk by Noon. We used to vend at uh, different markets around Seattle uh, when I lived there um, some years ago. And we had this little studio space in the Fremont neighborhood where we would do all of our work. And we didn't have a name for a long time and we decided to go by drunk by noon because we would go to the convenience store across the street and buy like a giant bottle of sake and then walk back across the street and you know crank out all of our crafts and things that we were making for the day and we would be just housed by noon (laughs) covered in fabric and like loose thread all this stuff and that was just how it started and like what a time to be alive (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it worked. So. I know it worked and people loved it. Yeah. Oh, and that is truly authentic to your I brand know. for sure. Not that girl anymore. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, we also have a little game. We like to do game time at the end of our episodes. Um, just a fun little like rapid fire question. Um, are you ready? I guess so. okay um cake or pie pie godfather or star wars Ooh, godfather how many times did you sneeze in the last seven days 
two that I can remember or that I'm choosing to admit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the word dapper? Eh, it's all right. Big dogs or small dogs? Big. How many hours of sleep do you need? Uh, five. Um, are women complicated? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> say good day, mate, in an Australian accent. Good day, mate. <laughs> How often <laughs> is it healthy to cry? As much as you need to. Um, what's your favorite carb? Ooh, pizza. Mm. Okay, here's the tough one. If Kim Kardashian and Donald Trump were both drowning and you could only save one, who would it be? Uh, definitely Kim. Yeah. <laughs> Answer. <laughs> I mean, is it her? <laughs> right, I know. You have to give it to her. She is an incredible businesswoman, for sure. Trump, on the other hand, will just let that one go. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. We'll end on that note. <laughs> oh my Thank gosh. You so, so much for joining us. Thanks for and having Yeah. We'll um, put a... Oh yeah. If anyone wants to contact you or um, check out your shop or your performances or anything, um, where can they find you? Yeah. Um, if you are interested in hair or makeup services, I currently am located at the Grotto Hair Studio, which is in the Fairhaven neighborhood of Bellingham, Washington. And uh, you can find my Etsy shop at Vanity House Shop. Uh, my website pretty much has everything you need to know about me, which is www.porchataburlesque.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I, we really love your perspective and everything that you had to share. And I'm sure that our listeners are going to love everything you had to say too, and go check out your stuff because it sounds awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. All right, bye. bye. Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and join the conversation in our Facebook group at Boss Ladies and Babies. And until next time, stay, stay bossy. bossy.